Hey, I'm Matt. Welcome to Wednesday Night Whenever, the podcast that brings you inside our student ministry here at Watson Baptist Church. Whether you're one of our students, or a parent of a student, or just someone who wants to grow in their faith and study God's Word with us, feel free to join us Wednesday night, you know, whenever. Well, hey, and uh, welcome back. Thank you for tuning back in with us. Um, hey, this so we're, we're back in our, uh, our study of the parables of Jesus. Um, you know, this, this week uh, we're looking at the lost and found. And I'm not talking about our lost and found bin in the church. No, um, we do have one. And so if you're listening, you go to our church, please, you know, go through that. But uh, but but uh, no, we're we're exploring the parables of of the lost and found that Jesus um, talks about, referring to those who are lost spiritually, and and those who are found spiritually. And and so um, in this in this lesson, we we talk about the four aspects of what it means to be spiritually lost. And then and then we flip we look at the flip side of that. What it, you know four aspects of what it means to be spiritually found. And um, and so and when we look at three different parables um, where Jesus um, refers to those who are lost being found, and um, and one of them is is very um, it should be well known um, if if you've if you've read the Gospels before you've probably heard of the parable of of the prodigal son or the lost son, and so we we go through that um, plus two others, uh, but uh, really enjoyed it, you know, really really enjoyed it. You know, because that is the, um, you know, the, the mission for us as the church, you know, to go and make disciples, you know, to go and, and, and seek, seek out those who are lost spiritually and, and share Jesus with them, you know, and, and, um, and, and help them to be, to be found spiritually by, by God. And, um, and so I, I truly hope that that you uh, enjoy this, that you take this to heart, you know, and and hear what Jesus is is teaching us through through his parables. But uh, yeah, well, let's go ahead and rewind it back to Wednesday night. All right, well, uh, welcome back. So I'm I'm really glad all of you are here tonight. Um, you know, we're continuing in, in our series focused on exploring the the parables. Uh, of Jesus, you know, the stories that Jesus used to convey life-altering truth, um, you know, of, of the Word of God, sharing rich theology in a way that, um, you know, those gathered around and near him could could understand, you know, and Jesus really is, you know, we've talked about this, he's the master teacher, and he is the master at this type of teaching, teaching through through stories, through parables, and I truly hope that, as you know, as you've been, as, as you've been looking at and exploring these stories together, that, that, you've, that you've really kind of focused in. On, on the truth behind them, uh, behind these stories, you know, what Jesus is teaching through them, because he doesn't want you to miss it. You know, he doesn't want you and those that are there gathered around him at the time of telling him to miss what, what he has in store um, through these stories. You know, he wants us, the church, to grasp um, what he is teaching and revealing about spiritual matters. Uh, over the last few weeks, you know, we've seen Jesus teach about the importance of evangelism, um, you know, through gardening. And, you know, uh, for, for the Word of God to take root in our lives and the lives of others and what it takes for our faith to grow. 
you know, having a life that, 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 is, that is primed, like good soil, you know, for something to grow. And we've seen him teach about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is like. You know, and he compared the kingdom of God to things like, like wheat, and wheat among weeds, and, and mustard seeds, and leaven. And, and then he compared them to priceless treasure and, and a net. And uh, in, the, in these illustrations, in these illustrations that he paints here, um, you know, you can, just, you can just picture these things. And, and then you could, you, you know, these were ordinary things. You know, ordinary things back then, ordinary things today. But, but what they symbolized in these parables, um, you know, in, in, were anything but ordinary. You know, they were extraordinary even. And, and you see Jesus was, was painting them a word picture of what it meant to be a true follower of his. You know, what, what it meant being part of God's family. Um, you know, it was, it was revelation from God himself, you know, that the church, God's kingdom here that we just sang about, you know, it, it would start out small, but then it would grow and grow and grow and it would become a shelter for many, and it would be be moved and directed by the Holy Spirit, and uh, and 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 one day the church will be with God forever, and those and those who knew the truth but didn't respond would be would be cast out, you know, cast into the fiery furnace, um, cast into hell, separated from God forever. And so Jesus desperately wants all to know the truth and and to grasp the spiritual reality that is eternity and what awaits his followers. And those who deny him, he wants he wants that to be understood, and, and his teachings reflect that want, you know, that desire for all to know and experience his mercy and his grace, and for all to have the opportunity to respond to the life changing message that is the gospel. And there has to be a response, you know, there has to be, and you know, you can either respond one way or you can respond another. You can't just let it lie. There has to be a response. And tonight. You know, we're, we're diving into just that, you know, to the response, you know, and, and the rejoicing that, that it can bring because there is much joy uh, in, in, you know, when the lost are found. There is much rejoicing when those who are lost are found. And so tonight, um, you can turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke. Not Luke Pemberton, sorry. In the, in the book of Luke, chapter 15, uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 15 tonight. So if, you have, if not, I, have a, I think I still have a few up here. There's one, on the, there's one right here on the edge of the stage. Um, remember, you know, I preach it every week. Bring your Bibles. Bring them. Bring something to write with, something to highlight with. I mean, well, we have highlighters and pens here. We even have little notebooks. But um, bring your Bibles, you know, because um, I'm going to start collecting cell phones. I really am. So make sure you bring uh, bring your Bibles because um, cell phones are just so distracting. Um, so, uh, but you can turn to Luke chapter fifteen. As you're turning there, you know we're we're going to go back in time for a moment. Okay, we're going to jump into the TARDIS. I'm just joking. If you get points, if you get that reference. I know. I saw that. That's that's crazy. Um, yeah, Doctor Who, big fan. But uh, but we're we're going we're going to go we're going to turn we're going to go back in time for a moment. So just be ready. Um, because recently, something just dawned on me. Like the other day, it, I, just, I just had this realization, and it dawned on me. You know, I, I, was, I walked into Walmart, and, um, and something hit me, like a ton of bricks. I'm like, wow, I don't, that's crazy. Because, um, you know, usually back, you know, when you go, when you go into Walmart, places like Walmart, like Target, you know, supermarket or something, you, you, something you don't hear anymore is you don't hear anybody get on the loudspeaker and say, 
Mrs. Smith, come and get your kid. Come to the front, please, Mrs. Smith. Your kid is up here. You don't hear that anymore. Like you don't, you I I I don't hear that happening any in anymore. Uh, has anybody heard that recently? Oh, so funny story. Okay. I uh I was at you got lost. I, no. Okay. I was at Walmart with Angel and Brooke last year. It was like last November. Okay. And I'm gonna take a sip of water while you're telling like, the story because I'm we parched. Through, we were finding Halloween stuff or something. Mm-hmm. This or so it might have been October. And so we were in the toy aisle, and I turned to put up a toy that I had picked up. And then they, like, run off, and they go and hide, and they're, like, in the bread section, but I don't know where they are. And so I'm walking around the store, um, texting on Jell, trying to get clues or something, and <clears throat> she says, check Snapchat for a hint, and <clears throat> it wouldn't load when I check Snapchat, which everybody deletes Snapchat, it's awful, I believe. Like, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm like, and, and so I text her back, I say, it's not loading, time to do this the hard way, customer service. Go to customer service, say, hey, can I ask you to do me a favor? I say, sure. And I said, if I give you a name, can you call it over the intercom or something here? <laughs> and so I got Angel Coffee, uh, please report to customer service. Your party is waiting on you. Angel Coffee, please report to customer service. That's fantastic. That was one of my highlights, I would say. That's amazing. And they were like, probably so weirded out. Like, so funny. what are you, what? We don't do that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that that's, that's awesome that you did that. Um, because... I don't know. I guess it's just because um, you know a lot of a lot of kids today come out of the womb with like a cell phone, and, and the parents I guess can just call them on you know and ask them where they are. But once upon a time, cell phones didn't exist. Uh, I know it's a weird it's a weird thing if you didn't know that. But um, and if you wandered off in a place like Walmart or Target or wherever, um, then then you know they'd get on a loudspeaker and ask you to come up front. Or, uh, or if you found your way up to the front before your parent did, then then your parents would be called up to, to come to come get you. Either way, you know, it was a combination of like two emotions that would happen: shame and relief. You know, when that would happen, you know, for the parents, shame that you lost your kid, <laughs> yeah, and relief that they are found safe and sound. And then for the kid, you know, sh- hey, shame that you had to be found, right? I don't know, maybe not shame, maybe like, haha. But um, uh, as a kid, I'd just be relieved. Yeah, well, yeah, then relief that their parent has claimed them. Um, you know, at least that's how it happened for me as a lost kid in Walmart. Yeah. In Universal, in the middle of the park, my phone died, and I was going to find my dad, and I lost everybody. Now, I had to call somebody on, like, the worker's phone. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, hey, props on, like, remembering a phone number, because that's not done today either. Uh, I, I can only remember a handful of numbers, and most of them don't exist anymore. But um, like I can still remember my home my home phone number eight three nine six one two six. That was like my my phone number. Um, if you call it today, I don't know what's gonna happen. Probably nothing, huh? Don't call it, please. Lou, uh, nope, don't remember that. But um, but but you know, uh, I'm a wanderer, right? You know, I do. I, I still wander around places. You know, we go to if I go to Walmart with my wife, I'm like wandering around, and then I'm looking for her, and I'm debating whether or not to go ask for somebody's loudspeaker. But we have phones. But um, but but thankfully there are phones today, right? And I can use that to unlost myself. Um, unlost, I think it's a word. But uh, but tonight tonight we're we're looking at it at it what it means to be to be lost and found, right? I actually I forgot I was gonna I was bring, gonna bring in the church lost and found bucket for two reasons as an illustration and then for y'all to look through after because there's a lot of stuff in it. But um, but tonight we're gonna we're gonna look at, at what it means to be lost and found. We're gonna be examining three different parables here that Jesus uses to convey what it means to be lost and found on a spiritual level. Um, and, and as we as we go forward tonight, 
looking at, at what it means to be lost and found, we're going to see four aspects uh, of, what, of, of what being lost is. Four aspects of, of being lost and then four aspects of, of being found. But, um, but I want to jump, I'm going to go ahead and jump to our passage tonight. So once again, Luke chapter 15, starting with verse 1, you can follow along. It says, all the tax collectors and, uh, and sinners were approaching to listen to him. And the Pharisees and scribes were complaining, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then so he told this parable, what man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together saying to them, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who don't need repentance. So, so here we have here we have Jesus. Um, you know, he's teaching those once again who who is gathered there, who's gathered around him. And Scripture says a, a great number had come to him. Um, we said that in the chapter before this one, in chapter fourteen, and uh, and and right at the end of chapter fourteen, he has just finished teaching on on what it means to follow him. You know, the cost of being his disciple. Um, you know, saying things like, "You have to hate your family to follow me." You know, and you know, you and, and you have to bear your own cross to be my disciple. And he was saying these things, um, these things that sound kind of crazy, by the way. And, and but but what he meant behind them is that you know he he means that you he Jesus has to become your all. You know, following him, being his disciple, that type that takes top listing in your life. That takes top billing. You know, over over all their priorities, right? You know, following him is, is got to be your your all and all, and um. And, and that you have to, um, and, and that following him requires a new life. You know, so dying to your old life, dying to your, your, your life of sin, dying to your old habits, dying to all your wants, all your needs, all your desires, and, 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 and turning to Jesus, making him your all. His wants and your desires are now yours. You are, you are a new creation in him. You have a new life in him. You die to your old, and you are risen to walk in newness of life. And so that's what Jesus is it had just gotten finished telling those, teaching those there who were who were gathered, and um, and so he teaches this, and, and now we have those who were, um, you know, it says the religious leaders and, <clears throat> excuse me, the the, um, the the Pharisees and the scribes were there. These religious leaders were among them, uh, and, and that there were that there were there were sinners there. There were those who who were who were living in sin as well that were there. Um, didn't say what kind of sin, but they just said that they weren't his followers. And, and so, um, the Pharisees and the scribes who were the teachers of the law, they're there and they start complaining, you know, as they do normally about Jesus. Um, and their complaint now is that Jesus is associating with, with, um, with all of those there that he's, they're complaining that he is welcoming sinners and that he's associating with them. He's eating with them. You know, that's a no, no. And, and, you know, and they truly were so blinded by their own self-righteousness in this moment that they could not see that Jesus was right where he needed to be with exactly who he needed to be with. And, you know, the, the, the sick need a doctor, not the well, right? And, and he hears the grumbles and the complaints, and so he starts this parable um, talking about a lost sheep. 
And, and he goes on to paint this picture of, of a shepherd who had like a hundred sheep, and then one goes missing, right? And so how many sheep are left? Thank you. I was some some quick mental math there. So um, so yeah, but uh, so one goes missing, but he doesn't let it stay that way. You know, he doesn't let it stay that way. He leaves the ninety nine others in this field, and he goes and he searches for the missing one, seeking it out. And to his relief, he finds it. He finds it, and he he puts it on his shoulders, and he carries it back, rejoicing all the way. Right, and and so um, and then he he tells his neighbors to rejoice with him over the one sheep that was found. And he says that in the same way as this, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous ones. And, and, so, and remember, this is in response to, to the complaining of the Pharisees and the scribes who were, who were actively grumbling uh, about Jesus over him associating with, with sinners, uh, those in need of saving. And he says that, that heaven rejoices when, when one sinner, when only one repents and turns to God, you know, more than those who are already in right standing with God. You know, because they, they'd been missing. You know, they had been lost, but now they're found. So the first aspect or first characteristic, characteristic of, of being lost um, is that something or somebody is missing. Being missing, right? That's the first aspect of in being lost. You're missing. You know, it's the sheep that has gone missing in this parable. And Jesus compares the lost sheep to somebody who, who, is, who is lost in sin. Um, you know, somebody who is missing out. On, on all the things that God has for them because they are living in sin. And so Jesus, he actually goes on he tell, to tell a second parable about something that is missing. Look at verse 8. And it says, Or what, what woman has, uh, who has ten silver coins, if she loses one coin but does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me because I have found the silver coin that I lost. I tell you in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. And so now it's a parable about a lost coin. You know, Jesus said there's a, there's a woman who has ten silver coins and that one goes missing. And so once again, we see, we see, the, we see the nine that are found and then we have the one that is lost or that is missing. And, and the missing coin, like the missing sheep, is compared to somebody who is living in sin. Right? Who, who is living apart from God, who is, who is living... Uh, living in sin, separate, separate, from, separate from God, missing out on God. And here, with the missing coin, we have another aspect of being lost, and that is darkness. You know, Jesus says the woman has ten coins, loses one, and so she lights a lamp to help her find it. So there's this picture of, of, of that which is lost being, being in darkness, being shrouded, being shrouded in darkness. So for those living in sin, living chained to their sin, they live shrouded in darkness. You know, darkness being a term uh, for evil, and it signifies being, being apart from God. So this idea of being spiritually lost is, is being missing, missing out on God and His promises, His mercy, His grace, and being in darkness, right? Totally apart from, from the light of God. You know, but both of these parables that, that Jesus tells, they end with, with the one being found, don't they? You know, they end with the one being found, and the first aspect of being found is the fact that there is a seeker, that there is somebody searching you know, there is somebody going out and looking for the one that is lost. You know, and there is hope in that God seeks out those that are lost. So 
So the first aspect in being found is that somebody is seeking or searching for the lost. So both of Jesus' parables deal with something being lost, a sheep or a coin, but also that that lost thing is being searched for. You know, some, for, it's being searched for high and low. You know, there's somebody that is, that is putting in the time and the effort to look for this thing that is, that is missing. You know, I don't know about you, but, but that for me is a comforting thought. You know, that thought gives me comfort that there is a seeker, that, that God seeks out those who are lost and finds them where they're at in their darkness and he rescues them. That's hopeful. That's hope-filled. Right? You know, that's a beautiful thing and it brings me much comfort you know, because that's exactly what happened to me. That's exactly what happened to me. You know, uh, you know he found me where I was. You know, and, and he saved me, and now I'm his. He put me on his shoulders, like, 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 like in the story with the sheep. He found me where I was, and he rescued me. That's exactly what happened to me. And, and if you are a believer here tonight, or if you're listening to this right now, you know, uh, then that is also part of your story. That is part of your story too. Right? You, you were lost. You were missing. You were living in darkness and then Jesus searched for you, seeking you out and he found you where you were. In the darkness. Right? And, and he put you on his shoulders and he rescued you. You know, and in that moment there was, you know, uh, there was rejoicing. There was rejoicing. You know, that second aspect of being found is the joy that comes after. Right? The joy that comes after. There's joy in being found. And here Jesus says that, that after those who, who live in sin repent, meaning once again to turn. You know, the act of repentance is, means literally to turn and go the other way. And, and uh, you know, to turn from a life of sin and turn to Jesus, you know, the one who made it possible for you to live a life free from sin and the wages of sin, which is death. And so after, after that moment of repentance happens, there is great rejoicing. You know, not just here, among, among the church, um, but, but in heaven, amongst the, the, uh, the heavenly hosts, the angels. You know, Jesus is rejoicing. There is so much joy that happens when just one sinner turns from their sin and acknowledges Jesus as Lord of their life. So, so, in, 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 so in, being, in being lost spiritually, that means that, that you're missing out on God and His promises and you're living in the darkness of sin. And what that does is it separates us. It separates us from God. So that's the, the fourth the, um, the third aspect, I'm sorry, of being lost means that you're separate. You're separate from God. You know, that, and that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You know, man and woman were, were created to walk with God, to be in unity with God. But because of their sin, you know, them wanting to be like God, they were cast out of the garden. And, and then they had to cover their sin and pay for their sin with the shedding of blood. And, and this was because their sin separated them from God and they weren't in right standing with Him anymore. And so they had to pay the penalty, which was death. You know, they had to pay that, that penalty. And so, but, then, but then Jesus, you know, Jesus came. And he was that perfect sacrifice that was needed. God sent his only son into the world to be just that. So he sent Jesus so that the lost could be found, to be reconciled back to God, and, and, you know, to bring unity to God and, uh, with God. And so, so the third aspect in being found is being united again. You know, through repentance, we are, sep- you know, we, are, we are separated from God no more. You know, we have unity with him. Like it was always meant to be, and there's joy in that. There is joy in that. And so, so Jesus, he goes on to share a third parable now. And after the third parable, we'll, we'll come to a close. But Jesus shares a third parable dealing with the lost and found, and, and it's one about a lost son. Um, and, and we see at the, end, uh, at the end of this that it may be the most important aspects 
uh, of what it means to be spiritually lost and found. But you can jump down to verse 11. And uh, he's, he also said a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. And so he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the youngest son gathered together all that he had. And he traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. I like that word squandered. After he had spent everything, uh, a severe famine struck, struck that country and he had nothing. And then, and then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating. Ew. But no one would give him anything. When he had come to a census, he said, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food? And here I am, dying of hunger. I'll get up, go to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. And so here in the parable of the lost son, right, or it's, called, it's also called the prodigal son, um, you know, th- there are these two, these two guys, these two sons, and, and the, younger, uh, the younger, he wants his inheritance early. You know, he wants his inheritance early, so his father does. He gives him it. And, and then the younger one, you know, the younger son, he goes, he does this whole finding himself thing in another country, backpacks like in Europe or something. And, um, and, and, he, and then it says he squanders it. He, he squanders his inheritance. He wastes it on, on pleasure. And, and then after wasting all that he has, you know, the, the place that he finds himself in is stricken with a poor economy. Uh, and and he just, he's absolute bankrupt and so destitute and poor that he has to find any job that he can to sustain himself. And the job that he gets, that he can, that he can get, is feeding pigs. And I don't know if you've ever fed pigs before, but it's not fun. Like, it's not like a glamorous job. Um, it's, it's actually kind of awful. But, um, and, and, and not just feeding the pigs, but the things you feed the pigs themselves usually aren't great, unless you're feeding them, like, healthy things. But pigs will eat anything, and, and so um, you can basically feed a pig whatever. Uh, but he's, he's so poor now that he, he can't even feed himself. He's got this job, but it's not, it's not paying the bills. And he can't even feed himself, and so he's so hungry that that he is longing for what he is feeding the pigs, the slop that he's feeding them, which is, it, it's like, no, it's it's awful. And um, but but then it says he can't even he can't even afford the slop that he's feeding the pigs. He couldn't even get that, and so so he kind of has this 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 light bulb moment. He's like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing with my life? You know, what have I done? He comes to his senses and he thinks about his father. He thinks he thinks about dear old dad what he's left behind and how good he had it. And he says, you know, he thinks how, how good even his father's servants had it, you know, have it compared to him now feeding, feeding these pigs. And so he's like, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to own up to what I've done. I'm going to own up to it. You know, I know I'm not good enough to be considered a son anymore, but you know what? I will be your servant. I will be that. And so the picture that Jesus is painting, is, it's, it's one of repentance. You know, it's, it's one of repentance. This son has taken what his father has given him and he's wasted it. He's wasted it. You know, like a sinner who receives the truth, he turns and he continues living in sin. But, but there's that moment, right? That moment where everything just clicks, right? That moment where in the darkness, he, he has that realization. That moment where, where everything comes into focus, you know, um, that, that, that he is lost. 
you know, that he is missing his father. He is in this dark place. He is separated from his father um, and, the, and the life that, is, that his father has for him. And, he, and so he knows um, to seek reconciliation, and it only ha- can happen through repentance. You know, turning from the life of sin that he has been on and turning from the darkness and, and turning to a life spent with the father. And so Jesus continues in verse 20. And he says, so he got up. And he went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran through his arms around his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And then bring the the fattened calf and slaughter it and let's celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine who was dead is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And so they begin to celebrate. Now his older son who was in the field, uh, as, he, as he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Oh, well. And so he, he summoned one of his servants, questioning what these things meant. He said, your brother is here, he told him, and your father has uh, slaughtered the fattened calf because he, has, because he has him back safe and sound. And then he became angry. And he didn't want to go in. And so his father came out and pleaded with him. But he replied to his father, Look, I have been slaving many years for you. And I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you've never given me a goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who, was, who, was devoured, who, was, who has devoured your assets with prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. And so here Jesus, you know, he, he shows this picture of what happens when the lost is found. You know, the, the father and, and the, the, you know, the seeker, right, in the story, you know, watching and waiting for his lost son and, and, and the joy that it brings everybody, except the older son here. You know, you see the, the father welcoming his youngest back with arms open wide, clothing him with fancy garments and jewelry, preparing this elaborate feast for him, throwing this celebration, rejoicing in the fact that they are united again, separated no more. And, but, but the older son, he's not as thrilled as his father. You know, he tells his father, you know, what, what's he tell his father? What? Look at me. Look at me. I've been here the whole time, you know, having to do two shares of the work because he took off with your money and he wasted it. You know, I've never gotten some fancy feast. Throw, throw, I know that's cat food, but, but just go with me. I've never gotten some fancy feast, you know, thrown for me and, and my friends. I've never gotten a goat. So why are you celebrating the kid who took you and your inheritance for granted? Why? What about me? And so we have a father who, who welcomes the, the sinner back, uh, you know, and this is the picture of, of God, right? You know, and, and we have the, the younger son who, who squanders his inheritance, but he repents. So we have the picture now of, of the sinner. Um, so who, who's the older son in this story? Who do you think? Who's the, who, who's the older son in this story? Right, exactly. So, so Jesus made sure now to put those religious leaders in his last parable here. You know, the, the look at me ones, the, the why are you eating with sinner ones. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, that, that could be us. You know, because I, I feel like, you know, uh, sometimes we can make those judgments as well. But, but it's, it's to prove a point here. You know, to show the last characteristics of what being spiritually lost and found really means. And... And, uh, you know, it, it does, it, and it does here uh, also, it shows, it shows why he was eating with sinners. 
you know, and why and why those religious Pharisees should be eating with sinners as well. Verse thirty one says, "Son, he said to him, you you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and we had to rejoice because this brother of yours, listen closely, was dead and is alive again. He was lost." he's found i love this i love this this is this is one of my favorite i say i think i said it every week but this is literally one of my favorite parables um you know so so the older son remember he was angry that his father was throwing this big shindig for his younger brother who has wasted his inheritance and acted all foolishly and now you know he wanted some recognition you know for the fact that he'd been there he'd done the things that she that he that he should have done he acted rightly he was in right standing with his father and here his father tells him, reassuringly, by the way, you know, that he's always with him. He's always with him. And that everything the father has is his as well. You know, that, that you are already united with me. And there is joy in that. But this son who has is, who is returned, this son who has came back to me, is cause for much rejoicing and celebrating. Why? Because he was dead. Because he was dead and now he's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. And so we have the last characteristics of what being spiritually lost and found really means. The spiritually lost are dead. They're dead. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. You know, being lost spiritually, being lost spiritually means being missing, right? Missing out on God, living, living in the darkness of sin, living fully separated from God forever. And then number four, the wages or the debt that is to be paid for sin is death. Being lost for eternity in hell. And so that, that's the reality. That's the reality of, of what being spiritually lost means. But there's hope. Remember, there's, there's hope. There's that, there's that but. The wages of sin is death. But, you know, Paul goes on to say in verse 23 of Romans chapter 6, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So because the reality and being found spiritually means that there is one who is searching, right? There's a seeker. There's one that is seeking you out. There is a seeker who, who has been sent from heaven to shine his light in the darkness and find those who are lost, find them exactly where they're at, separated from him. Then joyfully he rescues the lost, unifying them back to the Father, making them spiritually alive. You know, today, today we're the older son. You know, if you're part of the church and you're, you're already part of the found, you know, then, then we are to rejoice when, only, when just one sinner re- repents. You know, we are to rejoice and we are to, to remember that. You know, Jesus wants those, those, uh, those there in us today to grasp the reality uh, of what it means to be lost and found spiritually on a spiritual level. And so what does that mean for us today as we close? What, well, two things really. Number one, are you lost? You know, are you spirit, are you spiritually are, spiritually would you say that you were lost? You know, are you not part of God's family? Are you still missing out on God and the life that he has for you? Are you living in the darkness of sin? You know, I, and I don't have to go into detail tonight on, on what that is because you know. You know, are you living in a way that goes against God and his standards? Clinging to the sin in your life, looking for the fulfillment of of pleasure, but constantly being let down. Because you're living a life that is, separate, that is separate from God. You know, maybe you need to run home to the Father tonight. Because He's there, arms wide open. You know, He's ready to clothe you in His glory. 
you know, and rejoice with the heavenly host that you have returned. You know, repent tonight. Turn to him. Acknowledging what Jesus has done for you by dying on the cross in your place, taking the full wrath of God for your sins, and then by beating death, making it possible for you to be right with God. Turn to Jesus tonight and be lost no more. So that's number one. Number two, are you found? Are you part of the 99? I hope you are. You know, because there is joy. There is joy in that. That's, and that's amazing. But also there is a need to rejoice when others are added to the 99. You know, and there's a need to act as the hands and feet of Jesus going out into the world to help in seeking and, and, and bringing the lost into the fold. So does your heart break for the lost? Ooh, that's an important question to ask ourselves as the church. Does your heart break for those who are lost? If not, then, then maybe you need to run to the Father and ask Him to break your heart for what breaks His. Because there's no room for apathy at the cross. There's no room for hate at the cross. So does your heart break for what breaks His? Wherever it is, don't leave here tonight without responding you know, to God and, and what He's placed on your heart. Maybe, maybe you need to go to Him tonight and answer one of these questions. But don't waste, don't squander this moment tonight. Pray with me. Father, we just thank you so much again for tonight, God. God, I am thankful that we could be here on a Wednesday night to just uh, to worship you, to, to go through your word together, God, to, to, um, to just, just read your words and, and, um, and, and discuss them. God, it's, your, your, your truth is powerful. And Father, I pray, God, that tonight it, it has been used to to, to change lives. God, I pray, Father, that, that it can be used to convict our hearts tonight, God. If there's something going on that we need to respond to, Father, I pray that we can have the boldness and the courage to respond, to not waste this moment that we have tonight. Because in a minute, we're going to leave here. Or whoever's listening to this, if maybe if somebody's listening to this in podcast form, you're going to turn off your phone, maybe, in a minute. And when that happens, then, then you're out in the world. You're out of that bubble. And so what do you need to do tonight to respond? Are you lost? Do you need to run to the Father tonight? Was tonight the night that He came and He, and he rescued you? He found you where you were at and saved you? Make that commitment tonight to Him. Or are you found? Maybe there's somebody in your life that is lost. Maybe you need to pray for them tonight. Maybe you need to, to go to them and share this with them, God, the, the desperate need that they need to, 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 to repent and to, and to put their hope and faith and trust in you. God, I don't know what it, what it is that, that you're speaking to, to others about, God, but, but, but they know, and you know, Father. And so I pray, for God, for, for now just, just a response. But God, I love you and I thank you. So just be in this, in this moment now as we go into a time of discussion. I pray, God, that we keep you in the middle of it. God, we love you and we thank you. Be with us now in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, as always, thank you so much for listening to this. Um, remember, you know, this is for anybody, not just our students at, at Watson Baptist Church, but, um, you know, this is for anybody who 
who uh, needs to grow in Christ. You know, this is for anybody who wants to get into God's Word and, and learn more and grow in their faith. And so um, feel free to share this with anybody um, that, that you would see that you would see fit, that, that, would, that you think would enjoy this. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast um, wherever, you, wherever you find it, wherever you listen to it. Um, subscribe so that you can get these weekly uh, episode reminders as they go out. Um, but, but yeah, just thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a blessed week.